Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. We live in a really interesting time right now, particularly if you're in the United States. It's a time of division. It's a time of hatred. It's a time of people having radically different views on seemingly everything in life and being really open and honest about sharing those ideas. Forget whether they hurt somebody or not. It's just, there's no other word I can think of then. It's just such an interesting time. So what does that mean? That means we got to have companies, we got to have innovators, people who are going to rise up, look at the time we're in and come up with unique solutions that are going to create change. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, this is Millennial Money, and today on the podcast, we're talking innovation that leads to change in the Black millennial community with Raz Asan. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Game. It will expand your brain. I guess there's really just no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, being a female and I'm white, but still I'm a female. There are challenges that I face in every single business I've ever been a part of. When I started my first business when I was in college, you know, there was okay, you're a female and you're super young, so what do you know? And there were a lot of men that were coming at me with ideas about how I should think and feel, how I should spend my money, what 
my film festival business should look like. And I was basically like, screw that. This is the idea that I have. Of course, I wasn't telling them that I was kind of shaking in the corner because I had absolutely no idea really what I was doing. I was just kind of making this stuff up as I went along. But I wasn't going to have some old guy tell me how I was going to interpret my vision, my dream for a company. And, you know, it, it just, it hasn't stopped. I got in the financial industry and I started working with my father who'd been in the industry for well over 50 years. And he is one of the biggest feminists, at least when it comes to me. He's very firm on telling people like, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the brains behind this operation, whether I am or not. I still appreciate the gesture and it makes me feel like an equal. It makes me feel like I was in a situation where I was treated as an equal. I was able to learn. I was able to gather all of these really important concepts and ideas about how to manage your money from a really early start in my career. And I wouldn't take that back. I mean, I I see so many of my female counterparts who started out in the industry and who didn't have that advantage. And then, you know, on the flip side, particularly when I started working with my dad many, many years ago now in this industry, we would go and we would meet with really wealthy male clients. They were all male. They were all business owners and they were all male and they were all easily 60 plus. And I can't tell you the looks that I got when I walked in the room. I was called an assistant and a secretary and honey and sweetie. And I was asked many times to go get them coffee or water in their own office, mind you. (laughs) So many things, um, even when they would call on the phone, you know, it would, it would be, well, I, I need to speak to your father because I have something important to talk about. And I was like, well, he's not here. You can actually talk to me because I'm his partner and I can help you. And it would be like, no, 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 you know, I'll just wait to talk to him. And I was like, again, screw you. I mean, this is ridiculous. And it was very frustrating, but you know, I'm a strong female and I was raised as a strong female. And so I have no problem basically disregarding all of that. And then, you know, we're also in this climate when I started this podcast, people on social media can be real a-holes. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if like a certain filter has not been injected in certain people's brains, but then the need to share really harsh, negative thoughts about somebody it constantly, it makes me shake my head because I don't even understand it because I would never even think about doing that to somebody's product or service or podcast or, you know, if I didn't like a TV show or a movie. I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I get it if you go to a restaurant, you've got bad service or something like that, you're going to probably leave a bad Yelp review and that's fine, but there's a way to leave like a bad Yelp review and then a way to be complete a-hole when you're leaving a bad Yelp review. You know what I mean, right? And so people, you know, on reviews for this podcast would feel free to blast into a lot of things about the podcast. And my response was always like, great, you don't have to listen to the podcast. You know, it's it's not hurting me. I'm I'm doing this for the people who actually want to listen to the podcast. So you can just take your negative comment and you can go listen to somebody else's podcast and have a very nice day. But the point is, is I don't know what, I don't know what we've cultivated as a culture that, has allowed a lot of these stereotypes, a lot of this negativity, a lot of this hate, particularly now to just be so intense. And, you know, it's, I think it's one thing to have a really strong viewpoint about something. I mean, we're entitled to do that. We're humans. That's what we're going to, we're going to have those. But it's another thing to come at certain people, certain communities, certain groups of people, and, just spew outright hatred. And it's it's very frustrating. I don't get very political on this podcast for a reason. Um, but I feel like this episode is so important. I had the great privilege to 
meet uh, Roz Asan, who is on the podcast from Bro Capital. We spoke a couple of months ago on the phone. We were talking about doing this podcast interview, and I had read an article about Roz and about Bro Capital and how they were really creating innovation that they they were hoping, um, if not actually making happen, change in the Black millennial community. And you know, when I talked to Roz on the phone. There was a little hesitation from him, which I can understand. And he was like, oh, well, I just want to make sure that the podcast will be slanted the right way and that the questions are going to be good questions. And I was like, look, you know, I want to go in depth on this subject. I don't want to just talk about things in a periphery and I don't want to just look from my own lens. I want to hear other people's solutions to financial wellness. I want to hear other people's viewpoint. I want to understand, you know, why have we as a society, I mean, we don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about slavery. So that is a completely other podcast, right? But why as a community, as as citizens of this nation that is supposed to be for everybody, why have we not given people the tools for financial wellness, in particular, the black community. Why have we ignored that? I mean, I just, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. It it does logically, because I understand the history and and what's happened in this country in particular. But I don't understand now why we can't change that, why we can't innovate, why we can't make things different. I mean, it's the reason why... I do this podcast is to bring you ideas, to bring you different strategies, to bring you different stories so that hopefully somewhere in there you can find something that you can attach to or an idea that sparks something in you or maybe motivation to change something. So I was just so, um, I guess, thrilled to talk to Roz because he's so educated. He's so smart. um, He's got such a great drive and motivation for really creating change. And I thought, you know, we got to do a podcast about Bro Capital because it is focused on increasing the financial wellness of black males in particular, millennial black males. And that's a subject we just don't talk about very much. You know, they launched Bro Capital with only 500 bucks, bootstrapped this thing all the way, And they're creating change from a problem that they experienced themselves. And I think that's what's so exciting about the millennial generation. It's so exciting about the time that we're in right now. You know, this is is my history. If I just sat back and, and never executed any of the ideas that were in my head, anything that I wanted to change... I wouldn't be where I was today. And so I'm hoping that not only does this episode kind of open your eyes to maybe a different idea, a different way of thinking about financial wellness, but also that it inspires you. If you've got an idea, if you've got something you want to change, if you're sitting there in your community and you're looking out and you're not liking what you see, let this be the spark to take an idea you don't need a lot of money. You just need a lot of passion. You need some strategy behind that. You need some people that you can rally around, but you can create so much change just by starting with that little spark of an idea of seeing something in your community that you don't like that you want to change. So I'm so excited to welcome Roz to the podcast and to talk about Bro Capital. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. 
It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all in one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnit in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. 
So, Roz, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, I have actually been looking forward to this chat for a very long time. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Shauna. I appreciate the opportunity, and I've definitely been looking forward to it as well. I checked my calendar this morning and saw that our (laughs) conversation was today and was like, okay, today's going to be a good day for sure. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So there are so many things I want to talk about with you, but... I kind of wanted to just uh, roll up my sleeves a little bit here to get started and, you know, talk about maybe a few heavy things to start off. Um, You know, I know we talked about this, we had talked previously, and we kind of shared this back and forth. But I thought, you know, this is something that really needed to be talked about on the podcast. You know, obviously, I'm a white female. So I have certainly experienced, you know, prejudices in my career more times than I can count, you know, the Me Too movement Mm -hmm. that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me, you know, and I I think any advances in this area are very welcome. But I think something that is just, it's really shaking me and, you know, I want to have a conversation about this, you know, the level of racism, division, outright hate that is really emerging lately it it feels like we're going backwards. We're not going forwards. And, you know, mm-hmm. as a black male and somebody, you know, you've built this company around building up other black millennials. I, I'd love to just chat, you know, from your vantage point, you know, what what's going on? What are some of the things that are happening that maybe even I can't see through my lens that we really need to be having conversations about? Uh, wow, Shana, that's uh, that is that is pretty deep to start it out, but <laughs> let's um let's get into it. So specifically, I think you know, as you mentioned, right, that the point about moving backwards as opposed to going forward, um, really lends itself to one of those axioms: history repeats itself, right? And of course, we know that history yes. of America isn't one that was all you know pristine picket fences and two family homes and, and so on and so forth, where there's been a lot of um, historical division within the country. And I think um, understanding where we're going and moving back into our respective um, corners, if you will, right. Based upon a, a number of factors, whether it be women galvanizing with other women whether it be um, even, you know, middle-aged white men feeling ostracized and galvanizing with one another, or in the case of bro capital, um, black men and and black millennials choosing to galvanize together with one another for a particular cause. Um, I think it really lends itself to not only what the coming business models will look like, but in conjunction with what the organization um, from the top down of the country will will ultimately come to look like. Um, and so being that I have a sociological background um, studying at Morehouse College, and, and really I like to tell people, you know, when breaking the ice that I studied at the same school that Martin Luther King studied that studied, you know, got the same degree that he received at that school. Um, and so I see a lot of these different issues and problems with uh, a very different perspective. Um, being that I studied sociology, I studied sure. how groups form, how groups interact with one another, um, the different places within these groups. And so I'm seeing it really more from, um, you know, a, a glass half full type of situation as opposed to a glass half empty and even more so than that, right, um, just knowing that the glass is the glass, the water's in the glass is in the glass, you got to drink it or not, or, you know, dehydrate. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and really not dealing with things, I guess, as they should be, but really dealing with things as they are and then, right, moving the needle to get them to where they should be. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing, right, because you know, everything just, just moves forward. It repeats itself, of course, but it's all moving forward. There's all a particular purpose to it. So not to get too, you know, mystified or spiritual, but um, everything is where it's supposed to be. And so we're just doing our best to be in position to take advantage of 
you know, where the country's at right now, where the world is at right now. So, it, you know, it may sound opportunistic or, or very, it's hardcore capitalist driven, but um, it's funny, I've been reading Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich with my son, and um, in the book, it talks about, you know, not being um, very, how can I say, challenging or, or, or causing conflict with the current circumstances, right? And really just learning mm-hmm. how to go along with the situation of sure. what is. And then, you know, it even said to thank the politicians that are in office and to thank the the people who are in place because if you have a proper mindset and everything, of course, as you know, is, is working in your benefit. So um, not to be too worried on that particular question, but it was a lot packed to that question. But, you know, we're really just in a space to where, okay, this is where we're moving to. This is how things are. How can we, you know, use what is to create a better situation? So um, that's, that's pretty much the perspective that we're coming from. I think that's great, though, because, I mean, you know, it's about, again, not to be, like you said, not to be isolating, but to find resources and groups of people and opportunities Mm -hmm. where you can contribute to or you can really make a difference or where you can really Mm -hmm. see like, okay, there's Mm -hmm. this area of the population that isn't being served. I mean, it's one of the reasons probably why you feel the same way as I do about financial wellness. Right. Just there is there isn't any, <laughs> right, you right. know, and, and we're going to do it. You and I are going to do it differently, but you know, I'm curious, what about financial wellness, you know, really resonated with you? Why did you kind of gravitate towards that as, as a calling for you? I think, um, you know, that's, that's a great question. And if, if we had much more time, I'm sure we'll have some time offline to really go into it. But that's an answer that would take me hours upon hours to really get into <laughs> what I can say in a very, very short um, snippet soundbite is that I'm in the business of solving my own problems, right? And so in order to do that as an entrepreneur, somebody who understands economy, um, it the basic principle for us to have any other effect on these political systems on the cultural system, educational system, all of that starts with having an economic base. You know, economics is said to be the science of all sciences Um, because if you can master economics and really, you know, because you can only study uh, what your budget will allow you to. You know what I mean? So um, understanding what what economics truly affects across the board, it, it makes sense for us to start there. And of course, Bro Capital started from the experience of building out um, an education technology startup that we ran into issues. We were successful in, in some regard and then others not so much. And in the ways that we weren't, we went to the drawing board and figured, hey, what's causing this roadblock? What's causing us to not be able to fulfill our product development goals? Um, and we realized that it was because of capital. Capital was stopping us, um, very frankly, where, you know, at this point or at that particular point, we had done a lot with just bootstrapping the epitome of lean startup methodology um, in conjunction with business modeling. And so we knew that we were resourceful, but at the end of the day, um, if you really want to launch a product and, and launch or a particular service, the level that you know, it's going to get the response that you want to see from a, a very large audience that we're talking about scale. Um, you're going to need some capital to do that. And so we wanted to, if we were experiencing that issue, again, business is solve my own problems. If I'm experiencing that issue, I know somebody else is. So how can I um, create a solution, right, that not solves my problem, but can be transferred to solve other people's problems who are in a, in a similar situation. So um, that's really how Bro Capital really came about with, like you say, that, that financial wellness piece of recognizing that Darth. And also, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity um, in the past to be uh, one of the committee members of the economic development in of the NAACP in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. And so I had 
the opportunity to teach financial literacy principles to not only teens, but also to um, adults. And it was very clear to me um, that studying financial literacy alone is not going to get you to the goal of financial freedom. And so that middle piece, what's the bridge between knowing about these concepts to actually um, getting the results, right, that you're looking for? And it's, of course, the application of these concepts, right? So it's nothing wrong with the concepts. Sure. It's just many people don't actually apply them. So now we're talking about behavioral science. And, and if we're talking about behavioral science, you have to take all of these different factors um, into consideration and in dealing with millennials. We have to think about what are millennials habits? How are they moving? And so particularly um, with us, it was about black millennials. How can we connect with um, and solve this particular problem starting with black millennials? And so um, that's, that's pretty much taking our sociological background, taking our uh, startup expertise and experience, and then really figuring out how we can do something new in this space. And really, you know, Bro Capital is, ancient ideas married with modern technology. So it's not that we're reinventing the wheel. We're not doing anything that hasn't been done for, you know, thousands of years. I think, you know, what, what really is the innovation is how we are doing it. Um, and so we're bringing, bringing a new fresh flavor to it. Um, something that's never been done before in this particular fashion. Of course, once we start talking about the cooperatively owned model, once we're talking about cooperatively owned within the fintech space, which is a vanguard space within itself, um, now you begin to right add the the uh, the amenities, almost almost like putting on a, a regular black dress. But once you start to add the earrings and you add the necklace with it, you add the bracelet, <laughs> the accessories, exactly, yes. accessories, it becomes something completely different. So that's really. That's really what Broke Happy is to put it all together. Yeah, and I, I love that because you're taking something a, a you know something that people can already wrap their heads around, but you're just translating mm -hmm. it in a different way that's more modern, that's more relevant Indeed. to a particular generation. Indeed. You know, yep. And to go back to your point, pardon me, pardon me. To go back to your point about being marginalized in a space, I think there's a there's a micro element, and then of course, right once you aggregate these micro instances it becomes a macro element. And so um, particularly for us as, you know, young black men who were the founding team of Bro Capital who had previous entrepreneurial experience, we were building our companies. Mind you that um, the story of Trayvon Martin had, you know, pretty much sure. just come to a close and that George Zimmerman had been acquitted. Story of uh, Mike Brown, in Ferguson, you know, had really popped off that summer that we were building an air tech um, company. And so we're having all of these different instances, Philando Castile and, you know, Alton Sterling, all of these different things are going on within the country at the time. And so it was just really, and then of course, right, the, um, the election of our current president. And it's, mm -hmm. it really all culminated to um, ahead of, yes, we're moving in the right direction that, you know, the proverbial dung is about to hit the fan um, if it's not hitting <laughs> it already. You know what I mean? So yeah, all of these instances coming together um, and being that we launched at the bottom of 2016, right before that November election, um, it was all confirmation that we're moving in the right direction, that people are going to see value in what it is that we're doing. Um, and, and us just being in position to not how can we, you know, shaken or put off by the climate of the, the, the social climate of the country right now, but we're putting ourselves in position to take advantage of the air quote black swans or the unforeseen events that could potentially come about. Um, and really just with the, with the shakeup that, you know, put that all of that, mix that in with the shakeup that banking is seeing right now with the, uh, the prevalence of, of crypto, um, alternative currencies, different countries being used, running crypto, Acon's doing some things with money. So there's a lot of things swirling right now. And I think Bro Capital sits directly in the center um, within the eye of the storm right now. Yeah, you know, I think that's curious. You know, I, I like sitting back and watching 
you know, the fintechs that succeed, the fintechs that don't, you know, who's raising money, who isn't, mm-hmm. how are they getting that mm-hmm. money? You know, I think all of that, mm-hmm. what, what concepts are coming, like how many players are in each space, you know, right. all of that's like, for right. me, it's really interesting as an entrepreneur myself to sort of see what's going on. But, you know, from your vantage point, actually running Bro Capital, you know, what do you see is kind of like the next couple years in this fintech space? Like, do we keep evolving or you know where are really the winners going to be what do you what do you think that's that's a great question you know I, of course right with um there's a there's a book i read a few years ago and it's called everything's obvious once you know the answer right and it's, <laughs> yes and it talks about you know how often people analysts so-called experts make predictions about where you know, what's going to happen or what, what's going to be coming in the next five years. And of course, um, it, it, it's often, you know, when people look back at those projections, they're usually not on because of some little piece of data that ends up becoming, you know, expanded or um, hyperbolized in a sense. So what what I will say, though, is, is that the the startups that will really um, or, or, or that will continue to get the shine, I think are the ones that first and foremost are able to raise large amounts of money, not because of their products being great um, or because they're doing something innovative or solving a particular problem that's eluded, you know, financial analysts for years, but it's really just because of going back to, once people hear about a particular thing or, or it's made known within the news media, um, it becomes something that's talked about. And then, of course, it becomes kind of that cyclical reasoning of why is such and such big? Because they have a lot of money. Well, why do they have a lot of money? Well, because they're big. You know what I mean? So it just, <laughs> yes. it just becomes one of those situations. And I think, um, you know, bringing it back to broke capital is that what we've done differently is be, be that kind of, anti-startup in the sense that, you know, we're not drinking the whole let's raise around, let's raise around Kool-Aid. Um, we're, we're you know, going back to hardcore capitalism of who are you selling to? What, what customers do you have? Um, are you really competing with those in the space? Um, what type of customer experience are your users or members or whoever subscribers having? And so those things... And then, of course, right, what other creative marketing expertise are you using and how great is your back end to make all of these things flow seamlessly? And then, of course, it always comes back to what type of talent do you have on your squad? Who are the people that are behind this engine? And so um, I think, you know, that's one of the things that we have done differently. But I'm thankful that, you know, it's paid off in the sense that we we're pretty much able to leverage what we have in-house. And we're not outsourcing um, and getting, you know, signing a bad contract just for the sake of raising a lot of money in the interim. So to answer your question, yeah. You started a lot the way that I have actually started everything that I've ever started, which is that, you know, that that bootstrap way, that real just, all right, you know, let's figure out how to do this. Uh, You know, and and I would imagine a lot of just what you said, but, you know, what would you say to a listener maybe who is like, okay, I've got this killer idea and, you know, I'm going to have to use the bootstrap method. You know, how can Mm they you know, maybe utilize their capital in the best way, you know, based off of what, what you've learned through Bro Capital so that, you know, they've got a shot? Well, I, I guess, so that's a great question. That's a great question. What, you know, considering that we started Bro Capital with $500, what would I tell um, an aspiring entrepreneur or someone who's looking to, right, get it off the ground right now? First off, I would congratulate them for the gumption um, to get something off of the ground right now, right? Having that that principal moment of I'm going to do it right now and not when I get the perfect circumstance to do it, that's major. The second thing yes. is um, having put in, put in a lot of your money into the design. I know that seems rather um, 
counterintuitive of shit not be focused on product development. Because the main thing is, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it right now, there are only two things that you can sell right now without actually having them in your inventory. And that those two things are either services or ideas. And so in order for you to get people to buy in either to your idea or to the expertise of your service, you're going to have to have a proper brand and the brand strategy and the brand design that goes into that is going to be crucial. Um, so that's, that's the second thing, right? After congratulations and the salute, um, spend the money on good design. I think good design is one of the things that's been overlooked. Um, but then that third thing, right? so that we don't want just a, a beautiful package with nothing inside is to figure out, get out of the building and figure out exactly what it is that your customers want right now. What can you sell right now? Because I often talk to entrepreneurs and they're like, yeah, you know, 10 years from now we'll be able to sell ads. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> 10 years is a long time. Two weeks is a long time. It's startup operations. So it's like, okay, yeah, but what are you going to sell right now? And if you don't have anything that you can sell right now, then it's really time to revisit the idea that you have um, to be to be frank. So I would really tell them it's important to spend the money on good brand design and good strategy, um, and then also to get in tune with who your potential customers are and find out exactly what it is that they want and what you can sell right now. That's great advice. I think I, I, I could... Totally echo those three points for sure. Uh, you know, and you talked about finding out what your customers want. You know, talking mm-hmm. about bro capital and, you know, share, I'd love for you to share a little bit more kind of about the uniqueness of bro capital and how you've created the design of financial wellness and the, the different things that you offer are specifically around your customer, which is black millennials, you know, and I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear a little bit more about like how you came up with the unique concept that you did and went, okay, this is what the customers want. Okay. Um, first and foremost, going back to, right, us understanding what the customers want in, innately because we were our customer, right? So when you're in the business of solving your own problem, it's really easy to get a jump start on what's going to pique the interest of your target audience or your target customer. So um, for us particularly, that's where we started. And then from, from that notion, we began to, um, it, right in conjunction with the Lean Startup Method, we got out of the building, as they say, and we conducted hundreds of interviews with um, potential members or, and slash potential co-owners of Bro Capital. Um, and really just found out exactly what problems were they experiencing, right? What gains could we ultimately provide? And from there, we were able to, along with right all of the all of the research where um, my business partner and I had gone to the University of Pennsylvania um, to study education entrepreneurship. And so during that time, um, he was able to complete his master's degree. And that research was basically around bro capital. And so that, that research really ultimately taught us um, what our operationalized version of what it means to be financially well. We were able to actually codify it, um, quantify it to an extent. And that is um, the first component is to be able to ba- take care of your basic needs. The second component is being able to handle the $1,000 emergency. The third component is being able to take advantage of financial opportunities at will or AKA investing. And that fourth component, which has pretty much been overlooked by traditional financial services and of course the banking industry is the ability of your two closest acquaintances to take care of their basic needs, a $1,000 emergency and be able to invest at will. And so when you, when a person has those four components under wraps, they're pretty much on their way. You can say that they're on their way to financial freedom if they haven't already achieved it. Um, and that, that component around community 
right, is extremely important and has been left out, like I say, in traditional services and banking. So what Bro Capital was able to do was to not only um, change the behavior of our members through an automated savings, set it and forget it model, but when you mix that in with education on what to do, right, once you have that money, and then community to of people who are in the same predicament, same position, who are also on their way to financial freedom, um, now it becomes, you know, baking soda and vinegar to where it's just reactionary and, and, a, <laughs> and a lot of magic happens from there. Um, so, you know, because the people, of course, our members are ultimately the ones that make the magic. When they get together, when they connect with one another, when they collaborate, that's really when the value of bro capital can be quantified. Um, but once we start talking about, okay, all the automated savings component, once we start talking about the education from experienced entrepreneurs as well as other professionals um, to come in the space, or, you know, it's, it becomes something where it's like, okay, all of this put together hasn't been done before. And then, of course, a very um, for us, by us, FUBU, Damon John inspired field to where I've never, I've never heard, you know, a financial services company speak in this particular language on their website. Or I've never heard them or seen them do a video that has, you know, hip hop music and trap soul as the score. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really, yes. again, back to, like I say, just our feel on the brand and, and our feel for the pulse and the culture is that, you know, there's, there's never been a company that is doing what we do with those three components together uh, based upon our model of financial wellness. And then also when it comes to us being those, you know, similar to how hip hop was, right, where you didn't see. Um, people actually got on stage and dressed up and they had outfits and costumes and then Run DMC came along and said, look, we just going to wear our sneakers and what we wear off the street and rap. <laughs> yes. And so that's really where Bro Capital comes in is that, you know, we just bring a whole new feel to the financial services space and it's one that black millennials can ultimately trust considering that, you know, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, all of these companies have a muddled history, not only when it comes to millennials, but particularly black millennials, once we start going back even further back in time and these larger institutions role within chattel slavery, um, as well as the, you know, eradication and genocide of indigenous Americans or the indigenous population that was here. So once we, you know, with the, the advent of the internet, it's a whole lot easier to find out the dirt of these large banks. And millennials really wouldn't bank with these companies, or a lot of them wouldn't if they didn't have to, right? So being sure. um, that they've got the, right, the user, I guess the, the first mover advantage, the, the brand advantage, they've got, you know, big money, big operations behind them. But what they can't do as easily as we can is pivot and iterate according to what our customers would like. So that's our advantage of being lean, moving in a more guerrilla style, um, we're able to to really exist within this space um, and, you know, with plans to grow within this space. Yeah, I mean, there are so many amazing points you just pointed out there. <laughs> it would take us, I think, uh, you know, an hour to dive all into that. But what I love is the <laughs> is the community aspect, because you're right. I mean, that's the reason why I do this podcast, because I believe that if we create a community where we can talk about lots of different issues and ideas and thoughts and share stories – it brings something to life that, you know, traditionally has been this taboo topic, you know, money, right? Mm -hmm. Capital, you know, mm -hmm. all of this has just been this yep. taboo topic that we don't talk about. And, you know, it's a and, leading cause yep. of divorce and, you know, it breaks families apart. And, you know, like you said, yep. you know, you can learn about, and I say this all the time, you can learn about all these tools, but until you understand how to actually use the tool and then the the mind piece behind all of this, mm -hmm. you're not you're not moving. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. So you know, agree. I mean, I I I loved your story. I I love what you guys are up to. I mean, again, I was just so excited to have you on the podcast and you know I'd love to do more more with you because I think. Um, 
just, I mean, you're so eloquent and I think the message and what you're doing is just so needed. Uh, so I'd love for you just to tell the listeners, you know, where can they find out more about Bro Capital, where they can get involved, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Got you. Um, certainly appreciate that, Shauna. You can find us at www.brocapital, um, that's B-R-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at the God Bro T H E G O D B R E A U X, um, and then you can also find my co-founder, business partner, uh, on Instagram as Doctor Quarles D R Q U A R L E S, um, no spaces, no periods, and that's Darius Quarles. Um, he actually was one of the TED residents in New York most recently. So you can be on the lookout for an official TED talk that goes into more of the science and the reason behind why Bro Capital exists. So um, be be on the lookout for that TED talk, which explains Bro Capital even further. Um, We're working on, we've been getting some video put together right now from our various convenings and, Really would like to, as you mentioned, Shana, tell our story before history tells our story. Um, and really so that, you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now, people are able to get the words from our mouth and really, you know, understand why, from our words, why Bro Capital was built as opposed to speculation of the future. So um, that video will also be out. Um, one of our... Uh, founding members is the entrepreneur in residence in New York, in Manhattan, um, at Civic Hall. And you can also find us on the West Coast, Shauna. We've got some members out there. One of our board members is in Southern Cali, and we've got um, a nice a nice L.A. following. So, um, you know, be on the lookout in the particular L.A. area as well because we want to do some things on the West Coast uh, event-wise as far as uh, 2018, 2019 goals. So we're going to be over there, and we're definitely going to have to um, make this uh, a more of a regular thing. Shauna, I love what you're doing with the Millennial Money Podcast, and I-, I really like your niche with it. So, yeah, looking forward to doing much more work with you into the future. I mean, come on. Isn't he awesome? I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, hey, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to link in any podcast player that you're listening to this episode in and leave us a review. Those reviews mean so much to us and they help us continue to grow the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.